Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca. today because it's an intimate group and um, I want you to feel like you're sharing my thoughts and my heart passions and I want to share with you what the Holy Spirit is unlocking in my heart and um, I trust that it'll create a spark and a desire in your heart. So today I'm going to be speaking about the practice of building in wisdom, the practice of building in wisdom. I think it was the second Sunday of this year, Rob shared from Ephesians for us as a community. And um, one of the things that he, that he spoke of as he was reading through Ephesians was this, and it stuck with me from that moment, Ephesians 3 verse 10. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from the eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ so that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. We, the church, get to display the multi-layered wisdom of God to the world and to every principality and power and authority. And it stuck with me. I was like, not sure that I see the fullness of that happening in my experience around me, but that is the scriptural truth and standard that I see. And we know we never lower our expectation of God to what we experience. We lift our expectation to what we read in the scriptures. So from then I've been like, Lord, I want to understand what that means. I want to understand what it means to represent the multi-layered wisdom of God to the angelic realm, the demonic realm, to the world through us, the church. And um, so as part of this unpacking, the Lord led me to Proverbs and the description of the radiant bride. And of course, it is a description of a radiant bride, a woman who, who gets married. But I'm just going to read you the first two verses because it actually describes the church, his bride. Who could ever find a wife like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty valor. She is full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. Her husband has entrusted his heart to her, for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. That's me and you. The, the price paid for us was more than any treasure. It was the blood of Jesus himself that we could be his. And Jesus has entrusted his heart to us. He has chosen partnership with us in order to bring the fullness of his victory that he won 2,000 years ago on the cross. He won the full victory in that moment, and he participates with us to bring that complete victory, his full reward into the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And we are described as strong and of mighty valor, full of wealth and wisdom. And so I'm like, Lord, like, wow, I, I want you to teach me to build in wisdom. I want to understand what the manifold wisdom 
is. I want to build my life according to how you describe me and how you see me. Do I dare to believe that I, that I am and we are, and globally as a church, we are that radiant bride? And do I dare to believe that he is who he says he is? And so from the beginning, there's been this theme in our beautiful community that Sean and Neen turned into an album, turned into a song, and that is Recovering the Magnificence. So when I read this and then I see perhaps a little bit of that's not happening, ruins around us, we, the, the Holy Spirit never allows us to stay in those places where things have been broken down, where we're not displaying the wisdom of Christ, where we've got stuck in hopelessness, cynicism, apathy, disappointment, hurt, where we stuck, he goes into those spaces, he brings his magnificence and he transforms us so that we can carry the magnificence of Christ. It's recovering the magnificence. And so this journey this afternoon in understanding the practice of building in wisdom is really leaning into the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, recover the magnificence in my life, in my family, in us as a community and in your global body, because we want to be that radiant bride. Go and read the rest of Proverbs 31. It's gripping. It's describing who we are. Okay, so there is really, if you, if you speak to me or you spend any number of um, hours with me, you'll see that there is a yearning in my heart to build well in this life, to live the full life that God has created me to live and nothing short of that. And so my heart's desire is always, Holy Spirit, teach me how to live way, how to live your way. I want to know his ways, his nature, and his voice so that I can build my life on that blueprint, nothing else. When I look at Acts and I see what unfolds in the church, when I look at how he describes who we are in Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians, when I see how, who Jesus was in the gospels, I'm like, I want to see that. I really do. And I want my life to take more ground in seeing that happen. And so that is my blueprint. The, 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 the nature of God, his heart, his voice is my blueprint that I want to build my life so that the fruit of my life will be planted for generations to come and that the reality of the kingdom of God will be made real and expressed through my life, my marriage, my children, my family, and this community. That is what we after. If you're wondering, that's where we're going. <laughs> so I, I have this question. I'm like, Holy Spirit, teach me the art of fruitful living. Okay? Not successful living. Teach me the art of fruitful living. Teach me the good life, the ancient ways, your ways. The culture of this world will teach you how to live. But that's not where I want to learn. I want the Holy Spirit to teach me the art of fruitful living. And I see in the scriptures that many men and women were asking that same question. What is the good life? What, how do we build a fruitful life? And you see a lot of that wisdom of God um, expressed in the book of Proverbs. You see it in the Old Testament. I'm going to speak about the Old Testament versus the New Testament now. But really, wisdom teaches us it's not an airy-fairy concept like Wisdom is out there to be grasped. Actually, wisdom is taking the reality of our home in heaven with the Father and Jesus, the reality of the kingdom of heaven, and bringing it into our everyday life. It's not being up there. It's actually in our eating, sleeping, drinking, being married, parenting, working, church. That is where we want to see the wisdom of God building. So when I ask for wisdom, I'm asking um, I want to see the wisdom, the way, the nature of God in my marriage, in my, the way that we approach money, 
the way that we approach family, the way that we approach friendship. In every area, I'm asking, Lord, teach me how to live well. Teach me the skill and art of fruitful living in every part of my life. In the Old Testament, wisdom was taught in the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, in Job. And Solomon is the king that asked for wisdom. You know the story of Solomon, like the Lord says, I mean, it's like a genie in a bottle question. What do you want? I'll give you anything. And he chooses wisdom. It's like, wow. And he becomes this wise king and the golden age of Israel is under his reign. But at the end of his life, there's a serious anticlimax. He has 700 wives and 300 concubines. Okay, just like think about the reality of that. And, um, <laughs> and, and he turns and hardens his heart from the Lord. And, you know, he ends up building temples to other gods. Where is the wisdom? Where is the fruitfulness? It's not there. And so what we have to realize is that wisdom, as outlaid in Proverbs, can be like a set of behavioral, behavioral modifications. Like, if I could get this right, I will be wise. Man tried for centuries and failed. The wise king who asked for wisdom failed because Jesus' verdict on the cross was, man will never do it alone. We need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So when you look at Proverbs and you're reading it, don't make a list of how you should improve your life. Read it and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Because it's the empowering of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. The confidence to actually carry the wisdom of Christ in our everyday comes because we carry the spirit of wisdom inside us, the crescendo of the cross that we carry the Holy Spirit within us. And that is the shift so we need to make sure, as we're reading the scripture, that we have the right position, that it's not a law, but it's that our heart is being transformed. Wisdom is an attribute of the Father from the very beginning of time. Wisdom was, Proverbs says, at creation with the Father. Creation was made through wisdom. It is the attribute of the Father. It is the person of Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit. It is who he is. So we're not looking for something to achieve. We are looking for deeper fellowship and intimacy with the person of wisdom because it's who he is. Okay. So our response is, teach me, Holy Spirit. You are my teacher, my counselor, my encourager. Today, in this moment, teach me how to bring your wisdom into this situation, how to see things correctly. Proverbs 14 says, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. There's such a truth to that. In partnership with the Holy Spirit, you actually get the sense, even when things are not working the way you think, when you see things from his perspective, you feel like you are building well, right? You have an interaction with someone and you're like, I, I knew the Holy Spirit in that moment and I made a choice to partner with him and it feels like it's building. But don't you have moments in your life where you feel like you're actually tearing down? Like the doubt, did God actually say that? Is God actually here right now? Why is he not doing this? Why am I not seeing breakthrough? And that the doubt and the fear can actually begin to tear down what the Lord is doing. It can happen in our relationships, you know, the way you speak to your children, you know, and you're actually breaking down and tearing down instead of building up. 
cynicism and hurt and doubt, and it feels like you're actually ripping away at what the Lord is doing, you know? I find that in those moments, I feel that. I feel the disconnection. I'm like, oh, this feels like I'm not... I'm not trumping the Holy Spirit's presence, but I'm going to speak about that. I actually put God's wisdom on trial in that moment. I'm like, Lord, say, for example, I've prayed for someone for healing. Lord, why, why haven't you healed? Then I go, maybe the Lord doesn't actually heal anymore. I put his wisdom on trial with my understanding instead of leaning into the mystery of his wisdom, leaning into the nature of who he is in that moment and allowing him to change the way that I see. And I see those circumstances. So I've got props today. My mom's really excited about my props. She taught me well. So um, I'm actually just trying to keep up with Rob, who's got a slide-like presentation every, every week lately. So, you know, let me take these off those. It really doesn't work. But you know when you look through binoculars and it's, like, completely blurry until you, like, change the focus and then you see? How much is that, like partnering with the Holy Spirit, you go from this place of blurriness, like you feel, you don't know what's going on, life is throwing things at you, you're looking and it's blurry and then you need the Holy Spirit to focus, you need the Holy Spirit's perspective, you're like, oh, this is what's going on, this is what is happening there. So when I'm constantly fielding what life is throwing at me, I feel like I'm tossed by the waves. I feel I end up feeling um, quite directionless and overwhelmed because life throws stuff at us every day, okay? And that's when I need the perspective of the Holy Spirit to give me clarity. I need to know in wisdom what's going on. And um, I want to use this analogy here. So life can throw and does throw different things at us every single day, okay? Relational confrontation, work issues, work struggles, problems at work, things that don't work out. Um, business struggling, sickness, sick children, whatever it's throwing at you, as well as new things like new opportunities, good things, good opportunities, new friendships, and it just comes at you, okay? And we need to ask the Holy Spirit for clarity as to what's actually going on. Because this thing comes at you and this thing comes at you and you can end up in your life sitting on a bit of a rubble heap and being like, where am I, Lord? Because you've been focusing on, on throw, these things that have been coming at you. Instead of saying, Holy Spirit, this is what came this week, okay? What do I do with this? Do I learn from it? Can you change my perspective on this? Because I feel like there's something you want to show me, but I'm not seeing it right. Can you change my vision on it? Can we use this to build? Because I want to build well. So is there something that's happened where that we can actually use to build the life that you've called me to do, that we can use to build the, the, the kingdom of God? Or do I actually need to let it go? Do I need to let that disappointment go? Do I need to let to, that question that I can't answer, why did you not come through for me there? Do I actually need to let it go? So this is how we need to approach our lives as we build. Don't end up with a set of rubble that you don't want. Ask the Holy Spirit, am I building? Am I keeping? Am I tossing? Even the good things. Not everything is meant for you in the season that you're in. We need wisdom. So nothing, as life comes at us, as life happens, we need to let, let nothing trump the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. He is with us always. Wisdom is with you. Peace is with you. But things trump that. For me, and then you end up feeling washed by the waves. 
We need the presence of Jesus to trump everything. And in that moment to yield into him. And Rob gave gave us a great example last week of, of how we've learned to do that with journaling. I literally write down how I see, okay, this happened this week. This is how I see it. I'm angry. I'm did it. I write it in my journal. And then I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And then I write his voice and his perspective. And there is so often a shift in the way that I see it. Sometimes I just sit at my piano. I only know two songs that Alicia has taught me. One of which is, God, I look to you. I, will, I won't be overwhelmed. Give me wisdom to see things as you do. And I just play that. I don't even have the answer. I just am trumping his presence in that moment so that his presence can guide me and lead me. At that moment, I need to turn down the volume of the world and I need to turn up the volume of heaven. There are hundreds of voices, the internet and our family and the news and what's happening on Instagram and Christian community and podcasts and voodoo doo 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 But sometimes I have to turn that down and I have to turn up the volume of heaven and listen to that. And I want to tell you the good news. Proverbs 8 says in the message, I'll, I'll just put in my own words, Wisdom stands in the busiest intersection. In the middle of the busiest city, wisdom stands and says, come and listen to me. I want to tell you that you do not need to go to a monastery or a retreat or even on holiday. Wisdom is standing in the busiest, craziest, most confused part of your life, in the busiest city in the southern tip of Africa, Johannesburg. Right now, wisdom is with you saying, listen, listen, my son, listen, my daughter, let me help you to see, let me guide you in how to react, behave, and build the life that I'm calling you to lead. Our response, Holy Spirit, teach me. Teacher, counselor, guide, comforter, teach me. I want to hear your voice. Show me the good way and strengthen me. He empowers us to walk in that. We can't do it alone. So I just want to say quickly that... um, what, what is wisdom? Wisdom can often be confused with logic and intellect. Our Western world puts a lot of emphasis on rational logic and, and, and intellect, which is great, but you can't um, analyze your life on rational intellect and logic because actually Corinthians tells us that God has made foolish the wisdom of man and God's wisdom looks foolish to us sometimes. So it's a different way of seeing. God's way of seeing is a different way from what you're taught to see. Um, The brilliant mind and logic isn't the aim. God's wisdom is love hanging on a cross. It's leading by serving. It's being last to be first. It's losing yourself to find yourself. It's generosity to be wealthy. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us the wisdom of God. And, um, and what about the heart? Our culture tells us you don't trust your feelings. Feelings are unreliable. So what we learn to do is smush the feelings, lid them, smile, and carry on. But you know now that you've been in this community long enough that that becomes a balloon. So expand. One day it pops and all the logical you've, decisions you've made till that point flare up into nothingness at the point that you lose it because the emotions bubble to the top and that balloon pops. So wisdom is learning to yield our mind and our heart, our thoughts and our emotions 
It's the joining of our internal world, both thought and emotion, to the Holy Spirit so that he can teach us to take captive our thoughts and carry the heart of the Father. So in both of those ways, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us how to do that. You know, wisdom is this crazy thing. It's almost like the Spirit of God. When Jesus is telling um, Nicodemus, he's like, how, how do you get born again? And he's like, the things of the Spirit is like the wind. You don't see it, but you can see the effect of it. And wisdom is a little bit like that. You, don't, you can't almost, mm, what is it? But you can see the effect in people's lives. Wisdom brings um, favor and blessing. It's, it's integrity. It's wise choices. It's amazing. So let's, let's learn to take our inner world and fully yield it to have the mind of Christ and carry the heart of the Father. I want to quickly finish about the worldly wisdom. Um, so imagine we, and just being aware of the fact that there is, uh, it's quite interesting because there's much out there that is tr true, but you need to bring it under the Holy Spirit. You know, there's many teachings out there that are inspiring. There's a blog that I follow that helps me to be inspired about homeschooling, but they need to be brought under the wisdom, like the big picture of the kingdom of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and ask him to align all of these things. Because I'm, I'm going to use this analogy. Imagine we were playing a game and I have black Lego blocks and I have red Lego blocks and I put it all over the room and I say, right, this is the game. You need to collect as many black blocks as you can. Collect both black and, and red, but the black ones are more valuable. And at the end of the day, the person with the most black blocks is going to win. And so you rush and everyone's collecting, collecting, collecting and looking. Black and red blocks. Now we're going to count. And then I say, oh, actually, you know what? It's not the black ones that are most valuable. It's the red ones. And that's what the world's wisdom is a little bit like. They tell you, these are the things that are most valuable. This is what's most important. Your life, you need to collect this and this and this and this and this. Make sure that you gather that. That's what's most important. And then suddenly you realize, oh, hang on, those, that was not what was most important all along. It's love. It's generosity. It's the one in front of you. It's fruitfulness and not success. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit and not the things that you can achieve. And so that's where we need to say, Lord, teach me a right that I, at the end of my life, I look back and I've got what is most valuable in your kingdom, what is most of eternal value, that I've seen the kingdom of God come and not just collected the things that I've, I've been told make a life that is significant and successful. Luke 2 verse 52 is very encouraging for us. It's about Jesus and it says, so it's it's, Jesus is 12 years old, and he just left his parents and disappeared. They were on a journey, and he, they found him in the temple. Go and look at the story. But he's 12. Then we have three verses, and then we have him being 30. And in those two or three verses, what happens is, um, oh, shit, I'm struggling with you, baby. Um, his whole life between 12 and 30 happens in those two verses of which we know nothing about, except that it says Jesus grew in wisdom and maturity. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was he doing? We have no idea. During that time, his father, Joseph, uh, Mary's husband, must have passed away. He was a carpenter. He lived in Nazareth with his family, and he worked in the business, and probably he took over his father's business as the eldest son, but we don't know. What that tells me, though, is that Wisdom grows in our everyday life. 
It doesn't just happen. It's not on display. Here, always, when I'm ministering to you in the moments where we're worshiping and ministering and expecting the Holy Spirit, right? Actually, it happens in our everyday life, in our homes, in our marriages, in our, in our places of work. That's where we grow in wisdom. That's where we want the Holy Spirit to teach us how to live. And um, that's where we take heaven's reality, what's important on the Father's heart, and we learn to build our life according to that. So wisdom comes from dependence on the Holy Spirit and the empowering presence of Jesus with us. Uh, John 5 verse 19 says, Jesus, this is so encouraging, did nothing by himself, but only what he saw the Father doing revealed by the Spirit. He allowed himself as God, Son of God, to be limited in his humanity and he, he must have carried this. I mean, can you imagine? He's seen heaven. He knows heaven. He's son of God. And yet the way that he ministered was what he saw the Father doing, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And why that is so powerful is because you and I are actually able to access that same Holy Spirit, revealing what God is doing so that we can live our lives and see the miraculous, and see healings, and see the church radiant, and strong, and full of valor, as we see what's on the Father's heart, and we, we build that way, just like Jesus did, just like Jesus did. So I'm just going to finish up with 1 Corinthians 2, just to really inspire you to yield into the Holy Spirit, because he has got the greatest adventure of all, which is the adventure of of discovering the heart of God. Isn't that the greatest adventure? Well, he's got that for me and he's got that for you. And so I'm trusting that at the end of this afternoon, you will just feel so excited to embark deeper on that adventure. This is what scripture says. This is what gets me. This is why I'm always asking the Holy Spirit. Things never discovered or heard before beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. I'm like, okay, that's me. I, I want that. I want to see the dreams of the Father's heart. And I have seen. He's been so faithful. I've seen it in our business. I've seen it in our children. I see it in this community. It's not that I'm like, I see nothing. I see it. And that's what's making me want more of what's on the Father's heart. Because I see his faithfulness. I see it in our family. I see it in my marriage. I see it in this house. It is the dream on the Father's heart that we get to build our life according to and that's why I'm like Lord show me more show me how to live more show me how to build your way more but God so all of these things beyond our ability to imagine unveils these profound realities to us by the spirit yes he has revealed to us his innermost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things Holy Spirit exploring the heart of the Father and revealing to us. Holy Spirit with Jesus, Spirit of Jesus with us, constantly revealing to us. Who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so we might come to understand and experience all that grace is lavished on us. His grace is bigger, wider, deeper than what we can ever ask or imagine. And I want to know 
what that looks like. I want to see that unpacked in a bigger way in our community and in our lives, each one of us, as we yield and depend. This is all about intimacy. This is all about as we get to know him, we get to build our lives and practice wisdom as we get to know him better. I just want to tell you a little personal story. Do you want to, do you want to come up? Are you ready for worship? So, um, The Lord speaks in lots of different ways, okay? We need to learn to hear his inner voice. Like I said with the journaling, that's his inner voice that speaks to us. Sometimes I've heard twice in my life an audible voice. Doesn't happen often. Would love to hear it more, but not so often. He speaks through dreams and visions. He speaks through the body, okay? He speaks through the scriptures. There's many ways he speaks. And one of the ways he speaks that's happened to me recently is through coincidence. So something that happens over and over, and you're like, now this is getting really bizarre. And through that circumstance, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. So get hungry for the way he speaks. If he usually speaks to you in one way, now he usually speaks to me through journaling, okay? And now I'm like, no, I, need, I want to see more of the other ways. I want to see you speak to me in different ways. So get hungry for that. But um, we were at Kruger Park Lodge. In two, well, let me give you a background. In 2009, the Holy Spirit spoke to me specifically around um, me being having pr prophetic insight just for myself personally and that um, he spoke to me around owls that prophetic is both the eagle which sees in the daytime from a distance and the owl that is comfortable in the darkness to see okay and Chris it came from a word from Chris Vallett and I was at the worship school in Bethel 2009 so the owl became a very special symbol for me and um, so as soon as I see that, I feel like the presence of Jesus is calling me deeper. He's calling me to see more. That's what it means to me. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, ask me and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So that's what it means for me. So we're in um, Kruger Park Lodge in December. And I wake up one night and I can hear the owl. Out. Now I've learned I can hear owls. So I can hear it outside my window. And on our patio the next morning, there's this owl feather one eagle owl, spotted eagle owl feather. And I'm like, okay, I think the Holy Spirit's starting to talk to me. That day we see that there's two spotted eagle owls roosting in the palm tree above the patio. Like, oh my, I've never seen any owl roosting in a tree and two of them is just crazy, you know? And so, and then they fly off and I keep this feather and I'm like, I'm waiting. We go from there to our little chalet in Zanin with them that belongs to Gladys. We're driving up, we're about 20 meters from the gate, and there's a spotted eagle owl, owl feather on the road. I mean, the fact that I even saw it, I get out, I get the feather, I'm like, it's the same. Sometimes these things seem bizarre, but it wasn't bizarre to me, you know? And that was about the, um, the 20th or so of December. We came home for Christmas, and we're sitting on the patio on the 23rd having dinner, and Maddie goes, there's an owl in the tree. Spotted eagle owl, guys. And that evening he comes and he flies. To, it was just this crazy thing. He walked around in the light outside of the family room. It was this bizarre thing. Even Maddie was in tears. She was like, it's the Lord he's speaking. You know? I wanted to share that with you because he wants you. He wants you to know his wisdom. He wants you to know his heart more than you want that. 
He's calling you. Like, like Rob said, Nana, he's calling you where you are at. He knows your struggles. He knows the things that you are uncertain about. He knows where you're sitting in that rubble being like, Lord, I don't even know where you are. He knows every question. He knows your name. And he's like, I want you to know my heart more. He is pursuing you. His wisdom is pursuing you. So as we just respond to him this afternoon, I want to say... Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca.